Hello friends and welcome to episode number 204 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin out in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, normally I'd ask how you're doing, but I, I frankly don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, we've been, just... we've been watching the game for the last three hours, so we kind of know what sort of state we're in. Yeah, <laughs> life is pain. Everybody yes. embrace uh, the darkness. <laughs> Not a great weekend for Toronto Blue Jays baseball. Nope. Not a great month for Toronto Blue Jays baseball. Nope. Um, we can whine and complain all we want, but ultimately it comes down to, you know, the team has to play better. Yep. Uh, and that'll about do it for today's episode. No. <laughs> God, I fucking wish. But uh, as much as we yearn for death, we actually have some stuff planned for today. If you like what we do, follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Go ahead and DM or tweet us your questions, or don't. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> uh, life is meaningless. Uh, we're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Go to bfmdpodcast.com for a widget that'll tell you all about our episode. It'll play it for you, blah, 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 blah. Uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. Go ahead and leave us a review or star rating. Uh, it can reflect the performance of the Blue Jays if you'd like. Uh, the more reviews we have, the more people will see us. So five stars or less. Um, take it away, Justin, because I'm just, I don't even know what to say. I'm just, uh, I, there's nothing going on in my brain right now except for sadness. Yeah, well, um, we'll start off with a bit of good news, I guess. Uh, Joey Votto played in his 1,989th career game today, which is now one more than Larry Walker which means that he has now played in the most games all time by a Canadian-born player. So congrats to Joey Votto for that. Joey Votto still bangs, so that's great. Um, we're not going to bother talking about the standings today because they haven't updated yet because not all the games are complete. So we'll save that one for our next episode. Um, the Jays are still in the wildcard race. I believe they are still leading the wildcard, so that is that's good for now. But they are now going to be hosting the suddenly no longer trash bird Baltimore Orioles for three games, Patrick Marsh, starting tomorrow. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. All of them are 707. Oh, sorry, the first two are 707. And then we had an afternoon game on Wednesday at 307 Eastern Time. The pitching matchups are as follows. It'll be Kyle Bradish against Yusei Kikuchi tomorrow. Yes, they are, for some reason, giving Kikuchi one more start. Patrick, how do we feel about that? There's a real clash of the Titans situation <laughs> here. Bradish. Uh, actually, Bradish, uh, in his recent... He's been pitching well. I'd say his last two starts has been pretty competent. Yep. Uh, overall, he seems to be regressing to like an average level of baseball, but he's just... His savant is Blueberry Central for a lot of them. Uh, you say Kikuchi, we, we've kind of hammered it to death on this show as far as how bad it's been. Uh, and it's probably going to get worse, but not to be negative Nelly, it'll be interesting to see how the Jays uh, battle back after a really tough start to August. They are now, I think, 4-7 and seven in August right now. Still in a wild card spot because all the other teams are scuffling too, so... Kind of an interesting situation. This is uh, three of 15 remaining games, I think, against the Orioles. <clears throat> the pitching matchup doesn't really favor anybody 
in the first game, Kikuchi versus Bradish. Mm-hmm. They're both kind of, they've had good and bad spots. Uh, Bradish has been more good recently uh, than anything else, or average, I guess you could say. Kikuchi, on the other hand, is just, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Uh, game two <coughs> will be Alec Manoa up against Dean Kremer. Uh, we all know how strong Manoa's been for the majority of the season. Only a couple of rocky ones. His command has been a little bit off recently. His walk numbers have started to climb a bit. But that could also be due to the fact that he's never pitched this many innings at any point in his baseball life. Hopefully uh, the Jays are able to find some extra rest for their rotation guys somewhere over the next couple of weeks when there's an off day just so that they can keep them fresh for a, a playoff push. Uh, Kramer, on the other hand, uh, high chase great curveball spin he's got nice spin rates doesn't walk a ton of guys so blue jay batters are going to have to be in swing mode against him that's the part that's kind of concerns me is that this guy gets players to chase and mm-hmm. i can't think of another team that chases more garbage than the toronto yeah. blue jays keep in mind his his k percentage is relatively low but yeah he's got he's got good stuff he just doesn't have a lot of strikeout stuff (laughs) yeah he's gonna have to generate a lot of soft content which he's not really very good at so it'll be interesting this is a very favorable matchup for the jays obviously manoa is our buzzsaw uh and he might help us to kind of get back on track after having a tough outing himself so uh the first game was a toss-up between two not good pitchers this looks like uh pretty David and Goliath situation, but then again, we said the same thing last week when we faced Bradish, and he did okay. Yeah. Uh, and I think I don't think he walked away with the dub, but the Orioles certainly uh, did for the series. <laughs> so there you have it. Um, game three. Tell me about it. Yeah, Ross Stripling is going to be back. The Jays announced today that they, he will be activated for that start on Wednesday. So that is nice to hear. He had a really nice start in Buffalo. Uh, five innings of shutout baseball the other day on Friday. Uh, he'll go up against Austin Voth, who has been added to the Royals rotation only recently. He's 3-1 and one on the year with a 534 ERA. Uh, really good spin rates, just like Kramer, but does not have a lot of a swing and miss. Uh, doesn't get a lot of chase. He gives up a fairly reasonable amount of hard hit contact and, again, doesn't walk a ton of guys. So all three of these Baltimore starters that the Blue Jays will see um, none of them have high walk numbers, so it's going to be a, a case of the Blue Jays actually having to string together some base hits and hopefully uh, build upon some rallies there that they were not able to do this weekend against Cleveland. Yep. Uh, this third matchup looks more favorable to us as well. Stripling, obviously, rehabbing, coming back, looking forward to having him back in the rotation. Should be interesting to see uh, how this goes down with mitch white also being a contender for starts are they going to run a six man or who's going to the pen they are giving kikuchi at least one last start one last ride yeah or they take him out behind the shed i guess and (laughs) old yeller him (laughs) old yeller him no i don't think that'll happen i we'll see what kikuchi does um should be interesting uh austin voth is not i mean he's like most of the orioles right now he's overperforming in his most recent few starts so 
I'm very interested to see how this shakes down. Obviously, the Jays need a series win here at the very least. They cannot afford to continue to fritter away games. They are now 30-40 and 40, uh, against teams above 500 for the season. Uh, that's not very good. Uh, I don't know if any of you are mathematicians at home, but 30 and 40 is bad. Uh, and it's not going to get any easier with Baltimore. We have, Like I said, we have 15 games left or something like that against them. Going to have to win more than we lose against them if we want to hold the wild card spot. Um, they did lose today to Tampa, so they don't gain any ground. In fact, the only team that looks to gain ground against us today, if everything holds is Tampa, which is fine, because I believe they're at the bottom, uh, or like they're behind us. But, yeah, the Mariners uh, and the Rangers are still playing too, and they're tied. So. That's true, yeah, it's a tied ball game. Uh, yeah. Kind of interesting to see how that'll shake out. But uh, yeah, I mean, a tough weekend. I, we don't really have to rehash it. Obviously, the Jays got thumped Friday, 8 yep. nothing. Squeezed out a 2-1 to win yesterday. And today got thumped again, seven to two. Uh, the defense was atrocious, oh, and man. we really we don't need to rehash it. No, uh, except to say it was really embarrassing. Uh, I'm glad I wasn't wearing any Toronto Blue Jays apparel today, because I probably would have taken it off. It was pretty embarrassing. Um, Kevin Gossman just doesn't get run support. It's just the fact. It's just yeah, and his defense it. negatively helps him out too. Like you look at his FIP, and it's the lowest in the American League. And yet today, there were four or five different plays that were just booted behind him. So that's just why FIP, that's why FIP takes the away the impact of fielders because uh, they have a big impact on some pitchers like Gosman. <laughs> Weirdly enough, all five of the runs that Gosman gave up today were all earned runs. Which yeah, I. I Okay. <laughs> All right then. Yeah. Fine. It's the way she goes. It's but the way. It, yeah. It could have been worse if not for Gosman being one of the best pitchers in baseball. So. Yeah. It is what it is. But we're doing something fun here with the back part of our episode. We're really blasting through all the the cruddy things we didn't want to talk about. We're gonna talk about ten players we do want to talk about. We'll today. talk about eleven because we'll talk about Marino too. All right. That's fine. But, yeah. All good. Okay, Justin. For sure. Take us, take let's us, talk. Let's just talk about Gabriel Moreno. We're gonna do some prospect highlights. Patrick and I have each picked five players out of the Blue Jays' top thirty on MLB Pipeline that we'll highlight. But we'll uh, we'll talk about Gabriel Moreno first, since he is a top five prospect in baseball and the number one prospect in the system. Uh, many people will know that he did spend sixty to play sixty play appearances in the big leagues this year. But the majority of his time has been spent with Buffalo in AAA, where he currently owns a 299 batting average, a 369 on base, and a 391 slug for a 760 OPS. The power numbers still haven't really shown up for for Gabriel in in Buffalo. He's got two home runs on the year and 11 doubles um, out of his 55 hits. So only 13 out of his 55 hits have gone for extra bases. 29 RBIs, uh, 19 walks to 36 strikeouts. He has stolen six bases without being thrown out once, so that's nice, I guess. That's but uh, it's it's still it's just kind of like Jordan Groshans, how he just didn't have a lot of power, and we know for a fact that Buffalo is a good hitter's ballpark because the Blue Jays played there for a season, and there were a lot of home runs <laughs> in that ballpark. So it's not <laughs> not to say that it's uh it's, it's not like yeah. a, it's not can't it's not uh, Coffin Stadium where you can't hit a home run. 
it's 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 a minor league ballpark where home runs are able to fly to that place but uh it's, it's a little bit, little bit weird for me that Marino's power stroke just hasn't really developed this this season, um, especially considering that he hit 12 home runs in 300 at-bats in, in 2019, which is about four home runs per 100. This year he's like one per 100, <laughs> so uh, the power yeah. numbers have dropped off quite a lot, which is the only thing that I'm really concerned about. But again, if he ends up being a singles high batting average machine that's a guy you can plug in near the bottom of your lineup and and have confidence that he can at least get on and set the table for the top of the order so yeah he's he's very resistant to striking out yeah um, which is great we, we saw that when he was up yep uh it's only 60 pa so let's yeah not the contact our pants is over that yeah there. yeah um, I think really the thing to focus on with him is like what is he what what is everything that he bring he brings together like in one full package mm-hmm. uh, and if he can have good contact uh, occasionally generate a little bit of power and then just be you know a demon behind the plate I, I, I don't know what else we could ask for yeah I'm I'm pleased I'm pleased with his development I think that he uh, showed that he can hang with uh, with pitching in in the show now it's just a matter of how does he slot into the lineup. I mean, I don't know that we can really justify uh, another year of three catchers. Right. And we're already doing something stupid with having, like, nothing but outfielders on our bench. Yeah. And quick sidebar uh, there. George Springer yeah. is eligible tomorrow to come off the IL. There's rumors that he may, which <laughs> would spell the end for one of Jackie Bradley Jr. or Bradley Zimmer, but... I'm not sure if they'll just bring Zimmer back or Springer back, excuse me, without a rehab assignment because he hasn't really done much in the last two weeks. Yeah, so. they might prolong the inevitable. I don't yeah. know. It this it's it is what it Hard is. Hard to man. say. They could use the offense could use a shot in the arm right now, and JBJ and Zimmer don't provide that. So the sooner George can get back, the better. But anyway, uh, prospects. <laughs> yeah, can I talk about my yes. uh, the guy I want to talk about first? The, yep. This this Go guy was. We did a little. I don't know how to, how would you explain it. Like I guess we kind of we looked at the top thirty list, and we did a little like uh, pick, like a draft kind of thing where we picked our five. Uh, Justin went first, uh, and we didn't do it snake style. It was just one. We alternated picks, so it's kind of interesting to see how it, it turned out. Uh, four of my five players are all twenty years old, mm-hmm. uh, and they're all uh, top ten prospects with with the Jays, so that I'm kind of excited to talk about them. The first guy is Alex DeJesus. He's a 20-year-old who's playing in high A ball right now with, uh, I guess high A would be Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a third baseman and shortstop. We actually picked him up from Los Angeles, uh, the Dodgers, in a package with Mitch White in exchange for uh, right-handed pitcher Nick Frasso and left-handed pitcher Moises Burrito. Uh, don't know much about those guys, but Mitch White so far is actually, he, he wasn't too bad yesterday. He actually, uh, kept the game stable enough for us. So good, good on him. I'd like to see more starts from Mitch White, but as far as Alex DeJesus goes, he, he's kind he's an interesting prospect, but he's because he has a lot of raw power. He seems to be, uh, the type of third baseman shortstop that we already have in the system and in, in like plenty uh, guys who could take a lot of walks, 
but also, you know, give up uh, a lot of strikeouts. And then at the same time, he's got a decent arm, um, but he really, he seems to be someone who can really slug the ball. I was really uh, impressed when I looked at his stats. Uh, his isolated power last year for the Dodgers was 224, which seems quite high. Uh, in 37 games uh, this year, uh, he had seven home runs. In low A, he had four home runs in high A in 50 games. So there, there's power there. There's, I'm just kind of, I guess, my concern is like I'm not really inspired by a shortstop effort he, he played 75 games last year and he had 25 errors the errors seem to be down a little bit playing at third this year but i don't know he doesn't really seem to have the same versatility as a santiago espinal or even some of the other guys on this list but mm-hmm. it seemed like a lot of dodger fans weren't too happy that they gave up on alex de jesus and at 20 with this much power I'm very interested to see where he starts the year next year. It could be very interesting if he starts in high A uh, and then maybe shifts up to double A. Uh, we could have another Orelvis Martinez who has uh, mega power upside. What do you think about Alex DeJesus? Yeah, no, I uh, I think that you're on to something, obviously, when you get you can get a, kind of a high-ceiling prospect back in a trade. It's always worth taking that shot on. Anytime you can get that out of value, obviously the Blue Jays gave up a pretty good uh, performing pitcher and Nick Fraza, who is having a really nice year in the minors this year, in that deal. So to get something back along with Mitch White was uh, was a nice little nice little win for the team. Yeah, and he currently slots in as our number eight prospect. Again, just twenty years old, so it's a little bit too early to tell. But based on everything that he's done so far at this point, I'm I'm excited to see what happens. I'd like to. He's the guy I think. I'm most excited for because we've seen and talked about all the others so many times that it's, it kind of feels like we repeat ourselves a lot with them. Right. As you'll see when we talk about Otto Lopez and Orovis Martinez for the 900th time. Uh, but Alex DeJesus has that power and it could be kind of interesting to see if he can settle into third base and, and maybe he's the heir apparent to Matt Chapman. Who knows? Yeah. Who's your perhaps. guy? Uh, the first guy that I'm going with is number five prospect, Leo Jimenez. Blue Jays signed him during the uh, 2017 international free agent window. He's from <coughs> Panama. Um, this year, he's kind of traded his batting average for some more power. Last year, he had a batting average that was uh, uh, at 315, and this year it's down at 228. Oof. But at the same time, um, he has increased his home run numbers this year quite a bit he's up to, he's well not quite a bit but he's his iso is from 0.65 last year up to 154 this year so a pretty large increase uh wrc plus has fallen from 168 to 107 he's definitely made a uh, it seems like he's made an effort to swing a lot more and i don't know if that's necessarily the best approach for him last year he was known as the on-base god because he put up a ops or an on-base over 500 last year which is pretty insane. Uh, he is only 21 years old, and he's already in, he's already in high A, so I'm not too worried about him. Um, he hasn't earned a promotion to Double A New Hampshire yet, so there's really no rush for it. Uh, it it's it's for me it's, it seems just seems like a guy who's been kind of coached to swing more for power this year than for batting average, and I'm just kind of curious to see how 
he'll perform uh, next year. I see him just sticking in high A Vancouver uh, the rest of this year and starting there again next year. I think he does have to earn that promotion to New Hampshire because uh, the numbers aren't really jumping off the page for me. But, yeah, that's my thoughts anyway. Well, when you look at what we've got in the system between Alex DeJesus or Elvis Martinez, Otto Lopez, mm-hmm. uh, a lot and, of infielders, and a bunch of other, a lot of middle infielders, a lot of guys who can play second, third, and short, yeah, in and around that area, they can't all play in New Hampshire at the same time. It just mm-hmm. doesn't work. So I I do agree with you. I think him as <clears throat> he is a big boy. He's five eleven and two fifteen. Yep. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. He does uh, have great contact, and I think I'm really kind of I find it a little bit inexplicable why he, they're focusing on the power with him right now when speed and contact is his thing. Like, why not let let him loose, see if he can hit you know 300 plus uh, contact and steal some bases. I yeah, think that's... I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be so disappointed in the in the batting average if his if his walk rate hadn't nearly cut cut itself in a third. So he went yeah. from twenty one to nine percent. So it's it's uh that's what's concerning for me is the fact that it seems like he's just been more swing happy. Obviously the contact has been strong when he does make the contact, but there just hasn't been enough of it for me. It kind of it's almost like I wouldn't say that he's had a step back this year. But he yeah. definitely has not gained anything. It kind of see, it's like almost like lateral. It's like he's changed his approach at the plate yeah, so dramatically that it's, it's only just... a seven twenty OPS. So it's not like he's he's not letting the world on fire. That's for sure. <laughs> no, I mean I would take last year's numbers over these. Yeah. Ten out of ten times. Yeah. We need time. guys who can lead off and get on base. I mean, he had a, base, his yeah. his walk rate was higher than his strikeout rate last year. So. By, it, by a considerable, yeah. considerable margin. <laughs> With the season not not really over, and he, this is obviously the most amount of games he's played in his pro career so far, mm-hmm. I, it could be interesting. Um, I don't know how, how many more games uh, the Canadians play. Yeah. He's probably going to get maybe 20 more, mm-hmm, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, be interesting to see how he finishes up the year before we kind of say, uh, maybe this was a step back year for him. But yeah, that'll be interesting to see how he finishes up. Yeah. Who's your next guy? My number two guy is Sam Roberts, who most people already know about, uh, because even today, yeah. uh, during the broadcast, they did a little thing about him and, and what it means uh, for him to have success uh, as a, uh, a Dutch player. What, what, what his success would mean to the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually pitched in the Dutch major league at 17 and he was uh, scouted by the Jays before 2019. He, they uh, they checked him out at a tournament in uh, Barcelona. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Barcelona. Anyway, uh, what I like about him is he seems to be very consistent. He's not someone whose numbers jump off the page. But he's there getting it done almost, I, this is lazy, but almost Ross Tripling style. Uh, his K per nine is uh, hovering above eight uh, this season in Vancouver. Uh, the walk rate's actually way down, uh, so he's improved his control. I love that. Home, home run rate is down. The BABIP is down. Left on base is up. Ground balls are down a little bit, but home run per fly ball is is 
8.5%, which you love to see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, right now is ERA is beating the FIP projection, which you love to see. You lo- love to see escape artists. Um, when you dig around, you look at this guy with a microscope. He's young. He doesn't have overwhelming stuff, but it's, it seems like as time is going on, he's gaining more control over what he does have. And the more control that a pitcher has, I think the more sustainable their success is. Um, again, it's lazy because, you know, we've talked about him a million times on the show, but he, he does kind of seem like a, a raw stripling type who can, you know, control the game with, with you know, painting the corners and forcing guys to swing at, at crap they don't want to swing at. So I'm excited to see uh, what comes from his next season because it looks like it's inevitable he'll get pushed up to double A uh, after two seasons in uh, in high A. Do you think he has earned a promotion to double A for next year? Yeah, definitely for next year. I, I think they'll probably keep him in Vancouver for now. But yeah, definitely I do oh, yeah. think he'll start in, in New Hampshire next season for sure. Do you think a pitcher like this who doesn't have like super overwhelming stuff but has little control like almost no control issues is this is this the new thing the new hotness now because people for years were all about like give me i want 10 cinder guards or like i want max scherzer with like overwhelming stuff or is the new hotness going to be guys who can paint the corner are we Mm. back on our bullshit now Mm. Back on the Maddox. No, I, I think that I think the Velo is still the king. Um, I mean, you you see guys like the Jays just saw Class A today who can throw a hundred mile an hour cutters on the corner. So I, I think I I just think that the the combo of Velo and the location is what people are going for now, which yeah. is very rare. Obviously, like Jacob Degrom is one of them <laughs> who can throw a hundred and, and dot corners like mad. Um, but I just feel like uh, guys like Roberts are always going to have a spot, though, because yeah. you, you it's tough to find five guys for your team who can go out and throw you six, seven innings of 100-mile-an-hour paint, right? It's just those yep. guys are usually short stinters. He's, um, he's on track to throw yeah. more innings this year than he ever has before. I mean, that's really not comparing very much. Last year and this year, yeah. last year he threw – uh, 88.2 and he's already at 86.2 and clearly mm-hmm. he's going to get a few more starts before yeah, the end. He should build a clear hundred of the season. Should be interesting to see, uh, how he finishes, but uh, I agree. I think New Hampshire is inevitable. And again, I'm glad that we didn't trade him for a rental, uh, at our number six prospect. He currently, uh, the, the future values is not too bad. So we could see a big jump from him next year. Could be good. Yeah. Well, who do you got? Uh, I'm going with with, as you would say, the new hotness, <laughs> Ricky yeah. Tiedemann. He's number three on the Blue Jays list right now, and well within the top 100 prospects in baseball at this point. As a 19 yeah. year old, his 20th birthday is on the 18th, so it's four days from time of recording, and he's already in Double A. The last time we saw a Blue Jays prospect this young in Double A was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, it's it's Tiedemann's first pro season, Patrick. This kid was drafted last year, um, which is pretty insane that he's already in double A. Uh, he pitched in six games at Dunedin, eight games in Vancouver before 
being uh, moved to New Hampshire. He also threw a scoreless inning in the MLB Futures game at All-Star Weekend. Hell so he's yeah. already been on the uh, the big stage for, for prospects there. Uh, he's had two outings in New Hampshire. The first one went really well. He had three scoreless innings, struck out five, only gave up a hit. The second one wasn't as good. He went two innings there, ended up giving up four runs. Three were earned. No walks, though, and two strikeouts still. So through his first, I guess, five innings in in, uh, in AA, he's got three earned runs, uh, one walk, five hits, and seven strikeouts. So not a bad way to start your AA career. The Jays had shut him down. He didn't appear in a game from the 8th of July until the 5th of August. The Jays just put him on their developmental list to kind of limit his innings counts. He's thrown 72 and two-thirds now this year, which for a kid who was a high school pitcher when drafted, um, this is probably the most he's ever thrown in a season. Um, so the Jays are really going to try and limit him. I would be surprised. He probably he might not quite get to 100 innings this year. I'd be surprised if he did at this point in the season. seems that they're kind of wanting to keep him to three, four, maybe five innings at most. So he'd need another at least five or six appearances to get to 100. Um, I think next year... They'll start him at double-A, Patrick. They'll keep him there until he earns that promotion to triple-A, kind of like how they did with Alec Manoa. And then they'll let him ride. And, I mean, I don't think he'll pitch in the big leagues next year. I just think that he needs to build up that, that workload a bit more. Yeah. He's a completely different situation than Manoa was. Manoa, Manoa was a college pitcher. Like He was already the big boy like he is now. Uh, he <laughs> had the experience. Like, Tiedemann is just... He's 6'4", 220, so he's not small. But he just doesn't have the workload on his arm that Manoa had from his years at college. So yeah. I, uh, I I do like Tiedemann. I mean, 110 strikeouts, only 26 walks this year. Oh, he's only given really up good. three home runs in those 72 and two-thirds innings across those three levels. So you, you, can, you feel confident when he's up there that he's not going to just walk a ton of guys. And... Uh, <coughs> Yeah, like it, it's it's hard to believe that he's he's not quite twenty yet. Like he's just turning twenty here this week. So, yep, it's uh, pretty incredible for a third round pick, ninety first overall last year, to already be at Double A. It's awesome. Another situation where we dodged a bullet by not trading him yeah. uh, at the deadline would have been really easy to to trade him over for a rental of of a Carlos Rodon or or whoever else might have been available, but we didn't. Mm -hmm. so that's a w in and itself uh i like ricky tiedemann too and i deliberately didn't He's pick lefty, him my guy. on my list yeah well <laughs> i was just about to say i didn't pick him because i knew you wanted to talk about him and yeah He's got a lot of things uh going for him that kind of intrigued me could be the left-handed manoa Oof. and that that would be terrific yeah it's um it, the prospect of having a 2024 rotation of gosman burrios manoa tiedemann and whoever else they have is pretty exciting <laughs> To me, anyway. You yeah. think Barrios is still on the team in 2024? How is he not? All right. I <laughs> know. Uh, I'm just throwing gas on the fire. Yeah. I know lots of people are pissed right now, and yeah, a lot of gut reactions. I've, I've listened to you be pissed for the last four hours on the mic. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, some of it is just BS, just yeah. for the sake of making noise, but. We'll talk about it at the end of the episode anyway. Uh, I'll get to my next guy, Otto Lopez. He's 24-year-old. He's currently playing in AAA. Has also appeared in three games uh, for the Blue Jays this year. He's pretty much at the end of his runway when it comes to his development. 
Mm -hmm. uh, I like him a lot because he's got a lot of utility. He can play uh, pretty much any spot in the outfield, which is nice. I like that. Uh, he has speed. He can hit for contact. And he has noticeably improved his patience uh, at the plate. His K rate and BB rate are not so far apart. And his isolated power metric is 152. That's not too bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's slashing 274, 364, 26 uh, in AAA this season, which while is uh, a 786 OPS, that's still pretty good. Uh, he's an impressive player. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he hasn't actually taken an at bat yet in MLB. No PAs. They were just defensive replacement or or pinch hit. Oh, he had one PA last year. Yeah. Uh, it was just a nothing burger. It's not even worth talking about. But at 23 uh, years old, I mean, he's going to turn 24 uh, in October, on October 1st. So I, I, I just said he was 24. Um, I like him. And a, another guy, I'm glad we didn't trade for a rental. Uh, he's he's pretty much at the end of his development now. So, uh, you know, uh, when they look at the team next year, I don't think Jackie Bradley Jr. will be here. I don't think Bradley Zimmer will be here. Uh, and it'll be not. interesting to it'll be interesting to see how uh, how they handle the three catcher possible issue because Mourinho is pretty much at the end of his runway too. Maybe they're both up. Maybe Otto Lopez makes the team next year. It's very possible. In fact. I'd make the bold prediction now that he will. He may be a bench player, but we'll see a lot of pinch running this or defensive replacement the same way we have with Zimmer. But I think Otto Lopez might actually represent a much better bat than what the Jays think they have right now. He isn't really a power bat, but he can hit for contact, and he's fast, and we need that. We need both of those things right now because it's kind of pointless for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to hit 30 home runs and you know, only have like 60 RBIs because there ain't nobody on the base path when he gets the extra base hits. So right. somebody like Otto Lopez would be an interesting fit into the team in the coming few years because all the other boys have pretty much finished their development uh, and are regular everyday MLB players. And Otto fits into that age uh, group quite well. Uh, seeing as he's the same age as Vladdy and Bo and uh, Kirk. And uh, I think Manoa's 23 or 24 as well. So he kind of fits into the core uh, quite easily. So how do you feel about Otto Lopez? Am I overrating him a little bit, do you think? Yes. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah, I, I think, I, 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 yeah, he's a good utility player. I, I just don't, I don't see him as a... <clears throat> A, a good enough bat to warrant a lot of MLB time. Quad A? Yeah, he's one of, the, one of those guys who could do well if given the chance to play every day, but he's not going to, given who's on the roster for the Blue Jays, right? He's not going to play at shortstop. Yeah, he's not going to steal a yeah. roster spot from Espinal or Bichette or, or Chapman yeah. uh, or, or any anybody else. <laughs> or Tapia, but I mean, I think he's an upgrade to Bradley Zimmer. Oh, for sure. I, th I think he's an upgrade to Jackie Bradley Jr. I think he's a better upgrade for our, both those guys now, but they're not going to do that. 
They're just not going to do it. So he'll finish off the year in AAA. He's having a, a, a pretty good season down there. Uh, very consistent uh, player on in the lineup for them. So I, I don't see that really changing. Yeah. When that season is done, I like we're, when the rosters expand in September, I expect Otto Lopez to be there. And if the team is smart, they will use him as a uh, pinch runner whenever they get the opportunity and let him loose, let him run, see what he's got. It can't get any worse, right? I mean, we carried a guy this entire season who's hitting 100. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, do you think <laughs> Otto Lopez can hit better than 100 in MLB? You would hope so. I mean, you would hope that any player in Major League Baseball could hit more than, than 100. So, yeah. yeah, I would think so too. <laughs> so who's your third guy? My third guy is number 18 prospect. My next three guys are further down the list. I've got number 18 prospect, uh, right-handed pitcher Adrian Hernandez, Patrick Marsh, who is currently 22 and pitching in Buffalo. Love this guy. Love this guy too. Yep. He throws... It, it's a change-up, but it's a screwball. Um, yeah, he, he missed some time with some so with right shoulder soreness this year, so he's only thrown uh, 20 innings in 18 games. Uh, but in my opinion, <laughs> he's definitely uh, a potential 2023 bullpen arm for the Jays. He's striking out 12.6 batters per nine right now and gets a 48.7% ground ball rate. I wish we could see more like savant style metrics for these minor leaguers because I would yeah. love to see like his yeah. pitch locations for for that screwball and just more data on like contact rates and stuff like that. We just we just don't get that for for the minors unfortunately. But for me like yep. 22 years old high swing and miss high ground ball sounds like a prototypical middle relief guy for the Toronto Blue Jays to me. So the Blue Jays do need swing and miss stuff in this bullpen right now. It's something that they don't have a ton of outside of Romano and maybe Bass, I guess. Everyone else is pretty much pitch to contact pitchers. And the Jays definitely, you, you can see when they go up against teams like Cleveland who have the swing and miss stuff of like Class A and Stefan who pitched today. Like they just have the ability to get just, just strike people out and the Jays are missing that. So hopefully he can make an impact next year. But yeah, that's if I'm not on him. mistaken. <laughs> There isn't anybody in MLB right now who throws a classic Scroogey. Yeah. So Bring it's it kind of a dead art. And for a really long, long time in baseball, it was kind of the get me out of this jam pitch. Mm -hmm. uh, if you love to deep dive in history, you can go ahead and look up Carl Hubble, one of the best pitchers of I what I guess you would call... Not the dead ball era, because he, he pitched through the 20s and 30s and early 40s. Uh, but he's a guy who had a Scroogey. I mean, and we're talking about like 80 years ago. Yeah. I think they should bring it back, man. A screwball is a frustrating pitch to try to hit. Uh, it'd be kind of interesting to see how he would slot into the bullpen. Uh, he's a young guy. The innings really aren't there, but I don't know that that matters. Uh, I think this team is in win now mode. And yeah, if they can get a guy in there that's got something that nobody's seen, or people are going to have to spend time trying to figure out while he grows. 
I I'm all for it. I love it. You gotta love you love the Scroogey. Yeah, and I think that your what you just said there is exactly the reason that he hasn't been brought up yet is just because of the fact that he, I mean, he missed two months essentially. He pitched on the 19th of June and then went on the IL until the beginning of August. Um, he's just working his way back up through rehab assignments right now. He did a couple of games with the complex team. He's did a couple of games with the need in. So he's kind of working his way back to AAA where he had been. Uh, but the numbers have been, have been solid for him. I mean, his, his last two times out, he's gotten three and a third with two hits allowed and seven strikeouts. So that's in, that's in single A, low A ball. So he's definitely working his way back to yeah. Buffalo to end the season. I want to make one editorial correction. Technically, you Darvish can throw a screwball. But and he throws, it for he a throws everything. Uh, <laughs> a big chunk of his career. However, he stopped throwing it because of the strain it was putting on his shoulder. Yeah. That's when he started to develop his splitter instead. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that being said, he could still technically throw it. He just mm-hmm, doesn't. Mm-hmm. But he also throws like every pitch. He's kind of like satchel page in that way you could probably throw right. 100 different kind of pitches but a classic screwball or any really modified screwball is just not in anybody's repertoire anymore and i think we should bring it back it's not supposed to be the kind of pitch that strains your arm mm-hmm. uh it doesn't affect the U- the ucl that that causes uh, guys to have to get tommy john but then again I guess if it was considered an effective pitch, it would probably still be used, but I don't know. Bring it back. Bring back yeah. Scroogey. Yeah, so this, this kid's got 30 innings all said and done this season, 20 with Buffalo and 10 with the lower minors with double-A <laughs> complex and A-ball. So, I mean, for him, it's like he needs some more work, which is why I'm, 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 I can see him being a guy they sent to the Arizona Fall League. <clears throat> yeah. Just to get some, a few more. Oh, yeah, in. for sure. Um, I'd be shocked since, if he wasn't there. Yeah, especially since that he's he's just come off this injury and is pitching well again. So I, I would anticipate them doing that with Hernandez. And then uh, yep. we'll see what he comes with the spring looking like. But he could be a guy who competes for one of those uh, last couple of bullpen spots that will be open next year. So At the very least, he'll be in Buffalo. And then when an injury occurs, yeah. I would think that he's more likely to get a call up. Yeah. If, uh, not, if, he... if not for his injury... I, th- I thought he was like one of the next guys up kind of thing. Uh, what type of injury was it again? It was, it was right shoulder soreness. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> we'll That's see. That's not ideal. Probably brought on, prob- well, maybe brought on by the, the screwball. Who knows? Who knows? Yep. Uh, let's talk about this next guy. No surprises. It's our number two prospect, Relvis Martinez. He's 20 years old. You've heard about him a million times on a million other podcasts. <laughs> He's a third baseman shortstop currently playing uh, right now in double A with the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. Uh, I I love this kid. I know there's lo- I know it's easy to look at this and say like nothing special, nothing sandwich, whatever. I disagree. I think there's a lot here to work with. Uh, let's just get some of the nasty stuff out of the way. He has a 30.5% K rate, which was actually lower uh, than what both of us thought it was. It was uh, higher when we were doing the, the research. <laughs> it was higher at the start of the year, but it seems to have gone down. His isolated power metric is 259, which represents a low point so far in his and major league and that's career. Insanely high for that number, by the way. Yeah, uh, 25 home runs and 
64 RBIs for New Hampshire with six stolen bases. So he's got some wheels. Uh, he definitely has the power. Uh, but his batting average is uh, down to a very paltry 210 with the 277 OBP. So the walk rate is as low as it's ever been for him. Yeah. His K rate is as high as it's ever been. Uh, the power, though, is off the friggin' charts with this guy. And at 20 uh, years old, to have a power upside like this, mm-hmm. definitely been one of the more attractive pieces that the Jays currently have uh, in their system. Again, thankful he was not dealt uh, at the trade deadline. And a relatively efficient uh, fielder, he only has 12 hour, er, errors uh, in his 700 innings uh, of performance this year, which isn't too bad. Yeah. Um, WRC Plus lands at 98 right now. So uh, it was 99 last year. So he's hovering around, uh, I guess, what you would call a league average player. Although, obviously, the power is a mega upside with him. And all he has to do is figure it out at the plate and have a little bit more patience. And we could be seeing some really absurd video game numbers from Orelvis Martinez. Um, do you think I'm overrating him again? Do you think this is another prospect I've got uh, rose no, tinted glasses for? No, I think... Uh... Everything you said is correct. Obviously, yeah, 25 home runs as a 20-year-old in double-A is incredibly impressive. Yep. Um, that ISO is actually like, like, not that I'm comparing him to Juan Soto, but Juan Soto's ISO for his career is 247. And Martinez has a 259 ISO this year. So it's it, he's he's got incredible power. Um, obviously, he's just he's not getting on base over 400 like Juan Soto is. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely just uh, some more discipline at the plate. Would You you would see a Relvis absolutely lighting up prospect charts <coughs> if he could just not swing at everything. So I think your analysis was spot on. I think he might be one of those guys where uh, I, I don't – I think he will start next year in double-A, but I think he might – he might get a, a, a serious look uh, for AAA uh, partway through the season, especially if he can figure all he's got to do with the plate. He can hit 230 and still be, you know, an 800 OPS guy. He just he just needs to focus on what he does best, which is smash the ball really, really hard, really, really far, and maybe not swing at everything under the fucking sun. That's not a tall order is it no i don't think it is <laughs> i if his bat if his batting average came up 20 points and his obp came up you know 30 or 40 points we're looking at a guy who could be a very interesting third baseman for us someone who could really smack the ball hard i know we already have matt chapman but he's not signed long term and, and Orelvis still has i don't even think he's gotten a sniff yet of uh of the show so we still have i think it's like what seven years before he would become That's a, a free agent if yeah. he started yeah so he's not going anywhere anytime soon i'm just really impressed with his power i he's leading uh the minor leagues in home runs if i'm not mistaken i think that's been mentioned a few times on different broadcasts um he's just not having a great year when it comes to the contact but if he pulls it all together man 
Holy shit. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of potential with her Elvis. So. Let's see what they do. Yeah. Uh, my next guy, I'm right at the bottom of the top 30, and I'm going with Spencer Horwitz. He's the only first base prospect that the Blue Jays have in the top 30 right now, <laughs> which, I mean, is fine because you've got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at first base. Yeah. But I'm looking for – I'm just looking for guy, different guys to hide that don't get a lot of, a lot of press. Um, Horwitz actually started the year in double A this year, Patrick. He put up a 154 WRC plus over 281 plate appearances there. He had 10 home That's runs, good. a 297 batting average. He walked 15.3% of the time, struck mm. out less than 20. Uh, so he's a guy who can get on base, hit for some power, uh, drive in some runs for you. He was moved up to triple A Buffalo where he's just, he's at 99 plate appearances there. Currently hitting 256 uh, with two home runs. His walk rate has gone down a little bit, and his strikeout rate has gone up just a touch as well. But again, it's an adjustment from double A AA to triple A big time. Because you're actually playing against pitchers who have some major league experience in a lot of cases. Uh, WRC plus through 100 plate appearances is 105 there. So he's still playing above average. It's obviously too soon to make judgments about 99 plate appearances. But this is a guy who had... A really strong high A season last year with Vancouver. He had a, a 131 WRC plus last year there. So he's moved up from Vancouver to AAA in the span of a year. He's a left-handed bat. He throws right-handed, but he's a lefty bat, which is nice. Obviously, uh, as a first baseman, there's not a lot of room for, for playing time for him. Uh, he has put a little bit of left field this season. So the Jays are... Jays are trying to kind of work him into some other positions uh, to see if they can find maybe some utility there. Um, he only has like 130 innings in, in the outfield this season. Hasn't committed any errors out there, though. But I mean, it's the outfield, so there's not a lot of errors made in that position. But it's maybe a guy who could be a, a bench bat, a backup first base slash outfielder if the Jays ever do run into a situation where they would need somebody like that. I think he's coming up on on Rule 5 eligibility this, this December. But they got rid of the Rule 5. No, they didn't. They got rid of it just because of the lockout for last year's Rule 5 draft. Oh. So he's a guy who the Jays will have to either protect or or uh, or leave off. And it'll be interesting to me if they decide to keep him since they don't really have another minor league first baseman. They've obviously got Biggio and Guriel who have played some time there but they're not primary first baseman. So interesting to see what they do with him. But I, I like him a lot. I just think he's an interesting player um, who has that, that approach at the point that we'd like to see a Relvis have <laughs> where he can hit. He's not hitting as many home runs obviously but he's doing his fair share. What really impresses me is that he's made the jump to AAA this year, and the the drop in walk and the increase in Ks is really it's very small, yeah, very very small. So that leads me to believe that his his floor is going to be at the very least quad A bat, and then if you look at the uh, the fielding numbers. He just doesn't really make a lot of mistakes in the field. So it's almost, he's, it's kind of, the numbers could, you know, he reminds me of this, the, the numbers on the page kind of remind me a little bit of Justin Smoke. 
doesn't make a lot of mistakes on the field, has the power, uh, probably not the fastest uh, boat in the yard uh, or on the dock, whatever the metaphor. I don't know, mixing metaphors. Anyway, I like him too. I'm interested to see uh, where he ends up uh, one to two years from now. I don't see him making the Jays in any capacity, but he'll be an interesting kind of backup if god forbid something happens right <laughs> yeah no i'm with you there what do you got who's your fifth guy my last guy uh, another one that's a no-brainer it's the number seven prospect it's gabriel martinez yes we have a gabriel Mourinho, uh and orelvis martinez <laughs> and a gabriel martinez they made a baby we just have a theme here yeah yeah <laughs> No, he's a 20-year-old, uh, bats and throws right. He's uh, in high A right now with the Vancouver Canadians. He's an outfielder, six feet tall, 170 pounds of pure uh, animal <laughs> magnetism. Uh, he's had a great season, actually, uh, getting the promotion uh, from Dunedin up to Vancouver. Uh, what I like about him is he's a contact hitter who also has power. His isolated power metric in uh, high A was 196. Not enough PAs to talk about his his Vancouver numbers. Um, the walk rate is is not bad. The K rate's down though. It's not very high, 17% for a guy who you would expect to be unloading all the time. Um, I like him. He's an above average player everywhere he goes. Uh, he is a good fielder decently fast but really it's again it's another guy who with a power could be really sexy uh in the long run at 20 years old i don't think he's earned a spot on double a quite yet but it's probably next season depending on how his development goes for the rest of the year in vancouver and then obviously uh at the start of next year i don't know that we have too many outfielder prospects uh gumming up the system so it could be really interesting. We could have some really young players on New Hampshire next year that might make some noise. How do you feel about Gabriel Martinez? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Obviously, we've always talked about um, <laughs> the lack of outfield depth in the organization. Obviously, yeah, they've got these middle infielders that are turning into utility players, but it's always yeah. interesting to see a, a primary outfielder uh having a strong a strong season in the lower minors and it's it's def definitely uh encouraging that uh, the blue jays are able to to find these guys and they seem to develop them quite quickly at the low minors so hopefully they can keep keep it up yeah gabriel martinez he got a lot more eyeballs on him at the start of the year and i don't i think it's maybe cooled off a little tiny bit but mm -hmm. i'm still really interested to see where he'll end up being uh you know 12 months from now i think he'll be in double a uh you know hopefully overachieving he doesn't make mistakes in the outfield or like in the in the field either um i'm very interested to see uh you know what the what our double a and triple a teams are going to look like because some of these guys are running out of runway or or probably are either going to get a call up or not be protected for a rule five um so there you have it tell me about your last guy 
Yeah, my last guy is currently at number 19 in the system. Would be a lot higher, uh, but he actually had some injuries, of course. It's Josever Zulueta. Back in uh, good old 2021, he actually tore his ACL while covering yeah. first on a ground ball in the first against the first batter of the game, uh, his first start of the year. So he missed the entire 2021 season. He's been back this year, Patrick. He started out with Dunedin. He pitched in three games there. It was dominant. They moved him up to Vancouver. He pitched in six games there. Had very strong numbers. Actually was selected to the Futures game along with Ricky Tiedemann. He threw one pitch and got one out to get out of a, of a, a jam. And that we'll game was his only pitch <laughs> yep. in the Futures game. And now he's up in A where Tiedemann has now joined him. He's pitched in five total games for the Fisher Cats, two of them being starts. I believe they've used him as kind of like they're following the opener guy. The concerning thing for Zulueta is that he is walking a lot of batters. Uh, he's thrown, uh, I believe, like 46 innings in total, if I did my math right. And across three levels, he's got 70 strikeouts and 24 walks. So it's like a, a walk every two innings, so about four and a half per nine overall which is a little high. Uh, the strikeouts are obviously there. Like, I mean, his strikeout levels have been, the lowest was at Vancouver. It was just below 12. So he's striking out like 13 batters per nine right now. Oof. So definitely has that, that swing and miss stuff. High 90s fastball. He can touch triple digits at times. Um, he was a guy who a lot of people were saying out of spring training could have been a bullpen arm later in the season for the Blue Jays. Uh, but obviously, he he actually missed some time with uh, with some injuries as well. Uh, this just mid season. Uh, I was trying to find more details on that. Um, it was just they, they were calling it fatigue. There was some shoulder soreness, some right knee inflammation at one point to that surgically repaired knee. So they had shut him down for a bit. But he is also back now. Uh, and like. Um, uh, I think like Hernandez could be a guy that competes for a spot in 2023. He is a starting pitcher and it has been developed as one. So it'll be interesting to see if the Blue Jays continue to go that route with him. If they do continue to go that route, then he's likely a double A start next year, push himself to triple A and then be a potential injury replacement. But I definitely can see him, getting the old uh, Aaron Sanchez start as a reliever and maybe morph into a starter in the big leagues treatment just because of the That's stuff that he does, that he does command. But for me, it's just, I, I like seeing these guys with the, with the high velo, high strikeout stuff, because to me, it's like, I, I feel like if, if you can get that part of the game developed, you can work on the command a little bit. So, yeah, I like what he brings to the table. Uh, the injuries, I wouldn't say they concern me, but obviously he has not thrown enough no. in pro ball, <laughs> I think, to justify a yeah, promotion any further than double A. Yeah. yeah he's I 24 out of 82, by the way. So. Yeah, he's going to be a guy who either develops really fast into something, yeah. probably a reliever. I don't see him staying as a starter at all because there's just not enough innings. Yeah, and if he's and, routinely uh, hurt, it's just not... I don't think it's going to be another guy out. who is rule five eligible this year too. There's a lot of interesting decisions that the Blue Jays are going to have to make this winter. Yeah. The thing is a lot, pretty much every team is in the same boat where yeah. there probably are going to be a lot of players available that teams are generally speaking, are not going to want to take a flyer on having like two or three 
rule fives on their team. So realistically, not all these guys are going to go just because they're rule five eligible. Most teams will be able to escape not having them on a 40 man when the rule five comes. I think Zulueta is the kind of guy you have to protect mm -hmm. because he mm -hmm. has mm -hmm. such tremendous upside with his velocity. His fastball grade is a 70, which is higher than anyone else in the organization that I can think of right now. Last time we saw a prospect with a 70 fastball was Nate Pearson, who has suffered more bad luck than any other pitcher I can fucking think of right now. Um, I don't think Zulueta is going to end up like that. But I love this idea of him coming in as a an innings-protected reliever that you just get out there, give him some innings, but also kind of focus on what he does best, which is throw a ball as hard as a human can fucking do and hit 100, 101, 102. That could, be, that could be really interesting. At 24 years old, he's not going to be in the minors for long. It's either going to be something or nothing, and it seems like he's more closer to having something than yeah. nothing. 70-grade fastball, according to fan graphs. So that's, yeah. that's, that's always he, enticing. I, I, I'd like to see us have more relievers with that kind of velocity. We don't really have anybody other than Romano, and Romano doesn't really touch 100 too often. Uh, and we've also seen Romano give up some absolute monster fucking home <laughs> runs this year. And probably because a lot of those were, I think, overuse. Like he was just out there every fucking night. And it worked for a long time, but then it didn't. Uh, so it'd be nice to have more options in the pen to go with. Yeah. Agreed. So uh, yeah, those are our those are our ten guys that we wanted to highlight. Obviously, we did a little bit on Marino as well too, as he is the number one prospect. Uh, anything else that you want to add to this episode, Patrick? You know, as interesting as these eleven guys are, I do think Toronto Blue Jays fans in general are they do kind of hug their prospects. Most every um, team does it. <laughs> every team does it. Yeah, uh, our team right now is bottom is a bottom ten farm. There's no shame in it because we've had so many graduations between Kirk, Vladdy, Manoa, Bo, uh, Espinal. Like, I mean, <laughs> over half of our lineup right now are all graduates from the last three years. Cavan, it's, yeah, it's just like, it's, that's what happens. We were a top five farm for like several years in a row. And now all those guys have graduated and proverbial chickens have come home to roost yeah so now that we are a bottom 10 farm we're not as deep as we used to be but there's still a lot of very interesting players that are worth paying attention to and we've highlighted 11 of them and i'm really interested to see what kind of conundrum comes out of uh gabriel Mourinho still being with the organization next year you are they going to run three catchers are they going to trade one of the catchers for maximum value uh and i don't two out of three of them stay and and that's it you got to think though like they got to make a choice right you can't just keep Mourinho triple a forever in fact i don't even think he can next year so justin what are your two cents closing thoughts what happens 
Oh yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm more concerned about the the forty man roster crunch with all these rule five players. Yeah. Um. But yeah, with with the, with the catcher situation, I think. I think the Blue Jays will do some some shopping. They might see what teams are willing to offer for a Gabriel Moreno. I think is he the one? I see the odd man out. I think he he is. Due to the fact that, like, Danny Jansen is definitely this this organization's best game caller, defender. He's the safest, in my opinion. I think he's the safest just because, like, he's... I hate to use the, the, the 10-year excuse, but he's been there a long time now at this point. And the, the pitching staff all seem to like Danny Jansen. Um, he hits home runs every now and then. He hasn't hit well lately, but the whole team hasn't. So who's who are we? Who are we kidding? Outside of he's a, and he's a 99 WRC plus and only 37 games this year. But yeah, like, he's had some injuries, of course. We know that. He looks so much better. Yeah, and that's and that's the risky run though, is because he's got the injury concerns with that with the hammy. He seems to always have that hamstring issue. Um, do you keep Marino around? He doesn't have to come to the big leagues yet. Obviously, they could use the excuse of, like, we need him to hit more power. <laughs> because it would be great if he could. Yeah, um, I think... But, yeah, it is... I think they'll shop him around, but they won't move him unless they get something that is worth a number five prospect in baseball. So. Yeah, the thing with uh, Danny Jansen as... Uh, slotting him in as the number one catcher, which he, I don't even think he is at this point. Um, he is the one that's going to be free agent first. He'll be a free agent in 2025. While yeah. Mourinho, I don't even think, has gotten to the point where he does he even have enough time service to even for that clock to even start. Mm, I don't know. I don't think. Uh, Alejandro Kirk is a free agent in 2027. This is his first, uh, I guess you could say, full season, because he only had 60 games last year. I don't know if that counts as enough. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I I hate to pick a, pick an argument at the end <laughs> of the episode, but I, I think I might. It does kind of feel like Danny Jansen, while he currently is the safest, he seems like the guy more likely because of the lack of control. Mourinho. Yeah, but he also won't be cheap to resign. I won't be expensive to resign either. So. But would the other two be if they haven't even? I'm not even worried about that. I'm worried about like the contributions to the team. We saw today that Alejandro Kirk, he he had two terrible throws to second base. Yeah. He also like completely whiffed on a on a, yeah. on a pass ball and he he got lucky that he was able to throw out jose ramirez because ramirez slid over the base on the other on another stolen base attempt so there were th- there were technically three stolen bases they got fortunate oh in the overslide play on, on ramirez and then two bad throws like just obviously the whole team was bad today but i just i worry about kirk's defense long term yeah obviously he, he's like I hate comparing him to Gary Sanchez, but he's basically Gary Sanchez. He's got 
He's got he's a better hitter than Gary Sanchez because he can do more than just hit. Yeah, but runs. like hundred points, he's better. Than yeah, Gary but at the same time, he's he's a he's a bat first catcher, big yeah. time. Yeah, and I think he always will be just because of the the body composition. He's um, cool. <laughs> he's cooled off quite a bit, and that concerns me. The a whole lot. team has, though. Like, I mean, Vladdy's hits okay, yeah, came to an end today, yeah. um, but I mean, for most of his hits, most of those games, it was a one, a one for whatever for Vladdy, with not a ton of power still. Um, yeah. Chapman's been hitting bombs, but outside of that, Teoscar's been pretty good, and that's really it for guys who have been like standing out offensively for the last month. The Jays are kind of in that april offensive mindset again where they're just yeah. they're hitting solo home runs and that's about it they're back on their bullshit again where it's <laughs> yeah just like so they just... it's hard it's hard to criticize kirk for me when it seems like it's been seven out of the nine guys on any given day that haven't been performing well so yeah yeah it, it's definitely a it's a conversation we'll continue to have throughout the off season and the winter especially once we know what moves are made obviously they can remove guys like zimmer and uh jbj off the 40 man right away because yeah jbj is on this this one-year contract and i think zimmer's a free agent after this season if i remember correctly i might be wrong but god i hope he is i don't think i can have <laughs> another year of bradley zimmer all right um, here it is <laughs> he's a free agent next year oh my god he's still you know, he still has two more years of control holy shit oh goody uh, God, I can't believe here's that. The, here's the good news. The good news is that the Toronto Blue Jays are still WC1. <laughs> uh, technically, they're tied with Seattle, but we have the edge because uh, we've played fewer games, so our percentage yeah. is better. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, if you look at uh, MLB, are still in the top 10 for records. And within the league, they have the third best league in the er, record. In the American League, and we're yep. still all complaining about how this team is underperforming. I mean, you're complaining. <laughs> that's true. I am. Yeah, that's true. You complain that I am. during the entire game today. Uh, I don't know. Like I, they're Blue not Jay, the only team that's scuffling. No, Blue Jay fans, I, and I'm a Leafs fan. So Blue Jay fans and Leaf fans are a lot of the same people. Obviously, it's the two Toronto teams. There's a lot of intersection there. But two of the most overreactive fan bases in sports, I I think. And I can say that because I, I am a fan of both of those teams. And for me, it's like I used to be like the overreact, everything is everything is dead, blow the whole team up person. And these last couple of years, I've just been like, you know what? It's it's sports. At the end of the day, like I'm not relying on, on these teams to bring me happiness because <laughs> if I rely on somebody else to bring me happiness, it's going to be uh, – I'm going to have a long and uh, sad life. So <laughs> for me, it's like, yeah, the Jays, are, Jays lose, whatever. There's a game tomorrow. There's 162 opportunities in a baseball season. And yeah, like you said, they are the third best record in the American League still. So let's put away the pitchforks. Um, yeah, just if you need to take a, a week off of watching baseball, you're going to have 43 games or whatever it is when you get back. 42 games, I guess, at this point. So there's still time. Take a break if you need it. Yeah, it's okay to not watch every single baseball game, and if it upsets you, man, there's so much stuff you could do with your free time. It's really not worth uh, yeah. crying about. Although it's it's all right to cry uh, as well if you Just don't rely on the Blue Jays for your happiness, please. It's been 30 years since they've won their first World Series, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been. A... And 
time. <laughs> if you if you really get down and bummed, just go watch Albert Pujols highlights. He had two home runs today. Yeah, the machine uh, lives. What, a, what an amazing hitter. What a great <laughs> career. Yeah, we'll talk about Albert once the season's over for sure. Um, right, man. Just think about it. <laughs> but yeah, you find us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Everybody, DM, tweet us your questions. Listen to the show on our website at bfmdpodcast.com. We're hosted on Anchor. Listen there. Listen on Apple. Listen on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. Hopefully you like when we talk about prospects. If you don't, again, let us know. Let us know what else we should be talking about. But please leave us a review. Five stars or less. For Patrick out in Halifax, Justin here in Saskatoon, we'll see you after the Baltimore series.